0: This insert is brought to you by Radio K-Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Hi, my name is Steve. You're listening to Bible Toolbox. Was Jesus really a king? Was he really a king? Other people called him a king or demanded that he be called a king. Uh, while he was during his ministry for three years uh, on earth, people wanted to make him king. They wanted to make him king. I mean, he was healing. He was teaching like no scribe or Pharisee or anybody could do. He was teaching with authority. So there were people who demanded that he become king. But was Jesus really a king? When Jesus stands in front of Pontius Pilate, the governor of Judea, and Pilate's one of the first questions that Pilate had was for him, are you king of the Jews? Now, this is a curious accusation to make. First, after Jesus was arrested and taken to the, to the high priest's house, Caiaphas' house, there was no mention of King of the Jews. They wanted to try him and condemn him for blasphemy. Okay, that's what their charge was. But when they brought him to Pilate, they couldn't use that accusation because Pilate knew that they were setting him up. They were to they brought this man before him. He's a simple man, carpenter's son. He was dressed uh, very simply, and he knew that there was something going on because he says well, this man is terrible, horrible, mean, and nasty. And the only charge that Pilate had to answer because he was a Roman governor was treason. If there was a case of treason or rebellion, then he had to investigate it. So, legally, Pilate would ask him, are you king of the Jews? If you look in Matthew's gospel and others, uh, um, Jesus will say, so you say, did you hear this from somebody else or are you saying this? Which is a very curious answer. I mean, either Jesus would say, yes, I am, or no, I am not. Okay? But if you turn to John's gospel, John's gospel in John chapter 19, uh, John has a deeper, a deeper reflection on this scene before Jesus is standing in front of Pilate. When Pilate asks this, Jesus answers this way, My kingdom does not belong to this world. My kingdom is not here. I came into this world to testify to God's truth. That's John chapter 19, 36 and 37. So you have to understand, Pilate now was, what? I mean, (laughs) They had rebellions before in Galilee. They had rebellions in Judea. They had rebellions all over the Roman Empire, and they were put down very swiftly by the Roman legions. So now Jesus said, oh, you? yes, okay, my kingdom doesn't belong here. It's not a part of this world. You can't get there from here. Our kingdom is not here. So now Pilate had no... He had no legal charge against Christ. This is why he continually went back and talked to the Jewish leaders, and they said, No, 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 no. He, he's, he's, a, we are, he's an enemy of Rome. We, our only king, is Caesar. This man claims for him to be king. Who first called Jesus a king in the New Testament? Who first called him a king? Well, if you turn to Matthew chapter 2 and verse 2, you'll see that a group of magi from the east came to King Herod in Jerusalem and said, where is he born king of the Jews? Well, this got uh, Herod all excited. This got him all excited because, look, he was the king. He's sitting on the throne in Jerusalem. He's there because of the Romans. The Romans needed a client king to keep things peacefully in Judea. And that Herod was this man. Herod was actually raised in Rome. So they kind of semi-trusted him, they kind of semi-trusted him. So when these Magi came from the East, and they asked him, where is he born King of the Jews, Herod was, oh boy, this this really upset that he had a bad hair day, okay? In fact, he, he said to them, listen, when you go find him, come back and tell me so that I can also worship him. You remember the whole story. Okay. So one of the first people to name Jesus as king was people not even from the Jewish not even Jews not even from the Jewish religion. They were from outside. They were from outside far to the east. They came, they traveled all the way from the east to come and see who who this king of who this king was going to be. Okay? Then also there are other occasions in which Jesus fulfilled the Old Testament prophecy about a kingship. Okay. In Matthew chapter twenty one, verse four, uh, Matthew writes when Jesus enters Jerusalem, okay, on the back of a donkey, says here, so that which was spoken through the prophet might be fulfilled. Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king comes to you meek and riding on a colt, a foal of a donkey. Now that prophecy was made in Zechariah chapter nine and verse nine. Not only was a whole crowd around shouting Hosiah to the highest and putting palm branches down on the road, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the other religious leaders were looking on thinking to themselves, what is going on? Who declared him anything? This is a carpenter, and a guy we've been fighting with for years, a guy who called us the liars, Satan is the father of lies and you're part of it, called them snakes, a den of vipers, called them dead men's bones and tombs. This guy? This man riding into Jerusalem and the people shouting Hosanna to the highest? Wow. Then Matthew continues with this idea of kingship in Matthew chapter 25, verse 32. In the parable of the last judgment, Jesus presents himself as the royal son of man sitting upon his glorious throne, and all the nations will be assembled before him. Even if you do not love Jesus, or you believe in Jesus, even if you don't care about Jesus at all, you're going to be assembled before him, as Matthew chapter 25 says. Then finally, the last chapter of Matthew, he gives us an indication of why this is going to be. Matthew records Christ, we call it the Great Commission, go into all the world, go into all the world, teach, preach, and baptize, as I have taught you. And then he gives you the reason Matthew chapter 28, verse 28 says, because all power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Wow. Just like a king. Just like a king. All power in heaven and earth has been given to me. Wow. We are under his rule. We are under his kingship. Okay? Whether you believe him or not, whether you serve him or not, we are all under under Christ's kingship. Wow. Then there were people who mocked Jesus because others were calling him king. In Mark's gospel, chapter 18, verse 31, in the same way, the chief priests with the scribes were mocking him among themselves and saying, he saved others, but he cannot save himself. Let the Messiah, the King of Israel, come down from the cross so that may we, we may see and believe. Wow. Now, do you actually think that if Christ had done that, they would have believed him? Well, they didn't believe him when he raised Lazarus from the dead. In fact, they plotted not only to kill Jesus, but they, to kill Lazarus as well, because so many people were starting to believe that Jesus was the Messiah. I don't think they were sincere at all. I think they were mocking. We won. You lost. Okay? So, about this King of the Jews story, we won. You're a nobody. You're still a carpenter's son. And yet, right at the beginning of John's gospel, we have another man who recognized who Jesus was. If you turn to John chapter 1, verse 49, this is what it says. N- Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are son of, the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Wow. This man is a relative stranger. And yet, when he came to Christ and he saw who Jesus was, he recognized who he was immediately. He was a king with authority. He was a king who was a servant. He was a king concerned for people. He was a king here to do his mission. So then let me ask you this. Who is Jesus to you? Just a prophet? You call him redeemer, savior? You call him friend, teacher? Shouldn't Jesus be the king over your life and my life? My name is Steve. Thanks for listening. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.